You know, it's funny how they say that the first thing that goes is your memory. It's the first thing that goes. Because I just, I just remembered while I was standing up here that I put a load of clothes on to wash last night and I forgot to put them on to dry. <laughs> and it just hits me when I'm standing right here. It's just like, I yeah. forgot to put those on the dry. Well, at least it comes around. No, I'll, I'll need to rewash those when I get home. Just completely forgot all about them sitting in there. Hardly nothing. <laughs> if you would, open your Bibles to the book of Joshua, chapter 7. Tonight we're going to be looking at verses 1 through 13. What we're going to be looking at is how sin can affect different people. Now, when you think about sin, the sin of one person can affect many. It not only affects the person who has sinned, but it can affect numerous people. Amen. And we have different examples of that throughout the Scripture. I mean, we have it all the way back in the book of Genesis. If you think about the sin of Adam and Eve, look how many people their sins affected through the imputation of sin. But then, if you think about something, think about the sin of Saul. King Saul, it affected Israel. The sin of David affected all of Israel when he would fall into sin. Solomon affected all of Israel and we have, you know, that just goes on and on and on. We see sin affecting numerous people, the sin of one person affecting numerous people throughout sin. But, you know, we might think that sin affects one or two people. But when you think about sin and when you fall to sin, it affects you, it can affect your family, it can affect your friends, it can affect your business, it can affect your church, on and on and on affects many people. Sin is not harmless. Many people think, oh, well, this is just a harmless little sin. This is just a little white lie, or this is just a little bitty thing over here. Sin is not harmless. Sin can affect one person or many people. Sin is destructive, and it destroys everything that it touches. And today what we're going to look at is how a seemingly harmless, and I'm going to use little air quotes for that, seemingly harmless sin almost destroyed the children of Israel. Look at Joshua chapter 7, verses 1 through 13. It's written, But the children of Israel committed a trespass in the excommunicate thing for Achan, the son of Carmi, the son of Zabdi, the son of Zerah, of the tribe of Judah, took of the excommunicate thing, wherefore the wrath of the Lord was kindled against the children of Israel. And Joshua sent men from Jericho to Ai, which is beside Beth-Avon, on the east side of Bethel, and spake unto them, saying, Go up and view the country. And the men went up and viewed Ai, and returned to Joshua, and said unto him, 
Let not all the people go up, but let, as it were, two or three thousand men go up and smite Ai and make not all the people to labor thither, for they are few. So they went up thither of the people, about three thousand men, and they fled before the men of Ai. And the men of Ai smote of them upon a thirty and six men, for they chased them from before the gate unto Shebarim, and smote them in the going down, wherefore the hearts of the people melted away like water. Then Joshua rent his clothes, and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord, unto the eventide he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou brought this people over Jordan to deliver us into the hands of the Amorites, and to destroy us? Would God we had been content to dwell on the other side of Jordan? O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turn their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and all the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall compass us and destroy our name out of the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy mighty name? And the Lord said unto Joshua, Get thee up. Wherefore liest thou thus upon thy face? Israel hath sinned and hath transgressed my covenant, which I commanded them, for they have taken of the excommunicate thing and have also stolen and dissembled also and have put it even with their own stuff. Therefore the children of Israel cannot stand before their enemies, but have turned their backs before their enemies because they be execrable. Neither will I be with you any more, except ye destroy the excommunicate from among you. Up, therefore, sanctify the people, and say, Sanctify yourselves against tomorrow. For thus saith the Lord God of Israel, There is an execrable thing among you, O Israel, therefore ye cannot stand against your enemies until ye have put the execrable thing from among you. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before, just ask your blessings upon the reading of your word. Lord, we just thank you for this day that you have given us. Just a beautiful day, and Lord, we just pray that you would be with us tonight as we worship together. And Lord, we just thank you for all the many blessings that you have bestowed upon us, the blessings of life and liberty, and again, Lord, just the blessings of this day. And Lord, I just pray that you would be with us tonight, that you would just illuminate your word for us and help us just to take what we learn tonight and apply it into our daily walk. And again, Lord, we just lift up those that could not make it tonight, those that may be traveling, those that are sick and shut in, those that have lost loved ones. We just lift each one up to you, Lord, and just ask your blessings upon each one. And again, Lord, I just pray that you would be with us tonight as we worship, that you would give me the words to say, and that you would just bind down Satan and let him have no part of this service. We just ask this in your Son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, what is going on in this passage of Scripture? What we see in chapter 6 is that the children of Israel had crossed Jordan, Jordan, I can't talk, and they attacked Jericho. And so they had crossed the Jordan, crossed over into the land of Canaan, and the first place they come to is the city of Jericho, and they attacked the city of Jericho. But what we see in chapter 6, verse 17, is that God had said that the city was accursed. It was excommunicate. It was accursed. And everything in that city was to be devoted to him. 
They were not to take anything out of the city, no spoil of the city. The only thing they were to take was the gold and silver, and that was to be used in the temple. That was given to God. Everything else was to be destroyed, completely destroyed. The only people that were allowed to live was Rahab and her family because she had helped the spies. Everything else was to be utterly destroyed and devoted to God. Now, what happens? One person sins. One person sins. Chapter 7, verse 1, Achan. One person. But look at what God says in chapter 6, verse 18. Look back at verse 18. Notwithstanding, be ye ware of the execrable thing, lest ye make yourselves execrable or cursed, and in taking of the execrable thing, make also the host of Israel execrable or accursed, and trouble it. So God tells them, he says, if you go into this city to destroy it and one person takes anything and keeps it for themselves, they're going to be accursed and Israel would be accursed. The sin of one person would be imputed, imputed to the entire tribe. If one person sins, that sin would be imputed to the entire nation of Israel. Now that seems harsh, don't it? But think about something. God, and this is why, God had given his command to all of the children of Israel. He gives it to Joshua he gives it to the priests. They pass it on to the people. Everyone knew that anything in that city was accursed. And they were not to, to take it. The gold and the silver was to go to the temple or to the tabernacle and be used there. It was to be given over to God. Everything in that city was accursed and given over to God. And God had given his command and they were to obey it to the letter. But a trespass was committed. A trespass was committed. Even though God had given that command, a trespass was committed. And what happens? One man takes a couple of items and the entire nation of Israel suffers for it. Now when we look, what he took, you wouldn't think anything of it. A Babylonian garment, we see this in 721, a Babylonian garment, a wedge of gold, which probably weighed about two pounds, 
and about 200 shekels of silver, which was about five pounds. What he took was small. And he probably thought, well, this is insignificant. But not in the eyes of God. You see, sin is not insignificant in the eyes of God. Regardless of the sin, regardless of what it is, it's not insignificant in the eyes of God. Because any sin, whatever that sin is, is a transgression of his commands. And here, not only was it a transgression of his commands, but he says it was a transgression of his covenant. It was a violation of the covenant, the law. Achan had committed the trespass and all of Israel was included. And we see this in chapter 7, verse 1. But the children of Israel, now look at that. It didn't mention just Achan, but the children of Israel. That's how it starts out. But the children of Israel committed a trespass. The sin of one affected everyone. And as a result of Achan's sin, God's wrath was kindled against all of Israel. All of Israel. Because of one person. But why? Why was the entire tribe responsible for the sin of one person? Because they were responsible for each other. That's all it was. They were responsible for each other. Whenever they took that city, every single person knew that the things in that city were cursed. Thought the thought it fell off. <laughs> they. <laughs> Every person knew that everything was accursed in that city. And they were to look out for each other. I mean, think about something. If he went and took a goodly Babylonian garment, you're taking that city. Other people would have seen him do it. If you're taking a wedge of gold and 200 shekels of silver, other people would have seen him do it. And in my mind, what, what I think happened is, and I'm not sure, but whenever they saw Achan doing these things, they were like, that's something small. But as a result of that one little small thing, the entire tribe suffers. But then, you know, the way the, the scripture is, is written and, and what we see here and what we're told here is nobody else knew about it. So he had hid it. Really well, he had hid it. And no one knew that he had done it. But even though no one knew he had done it, everyone was still responsible for it. 
because everyone knew what the law was. And everyone knew that the entire tribe was responsible should one person sin. The sin of one affected all. But then that makes you start thinking, well, what could have been done? Joshua had given the command. As the leader of Israel, Joshua and the elders of Israel should have made sure the command was followed. Joshua was even responsible for this because he was given the command. He should have been made sure that the command was followed. As God said, if anyone takes anything that was accursed, all the host of Israel would be accursed in 6.18. And Achan knew all of Israel would be punished for this, yet he still committed the sin and he hid it. But you can't hide your sin from God. You can't hide your sin from God. And as a result of Achan's sin, all of Israel was punished for it. And what happened? When Israel attacks Ai, God allows them to be defeated. He allows them to be defeated. Now think about something. They sent 3,000 men into battle. 36 died. Only 36 died in this battle. But that's 36 people that Achan was responsible for. His one sin, his one sin killed 36 people. And it caused Israel to flee before their enemies. And look at what it says in the scripture. It says their hearts melted. They were terrified. When they got up to Ai, they were terrified once they seen the people come out, even though it was a small city, and even though the people that had scouted the city said, oh, we only need to send about 3,000 people to take it. Their hearts melted. They were terrified. Achan's sin had caused God to pull his protection away from Israel. Now I want you to ponder that for a second and think about the sins of this country. If somebody's still in a Babylonian garment, a wedge of gold and five pounds of silver can cause God to pull his protection away from the children of Israel, what does the sins of this nation do? all the abortions that have taken place, the homosexuality, all the sins within the church, the sins of this country 
regardless of the sin, every sin is destructive and every sin is evil in the sight of God, regardless of what it is. Achan's sin calls God to pull away from Israel. He pulled his protection away and allowed them to be defeated. They couldn't stand before their enemies. And what happens? What does Joshua do? He does what we normally do. He blamed God. He didn't blame Israel. He didn't blame someone sinning. He blamed God. Look at verses 6 through 9. Then Joshua rent his clothes and fell to the earth upon his face before the ark of the Lord into the eventide, he and the elders of Israel, and put dust upon their heads. And Joshua said, Alas, O Lord God, wherefore hast thou brought this people over Jordan? Look at this. To deliver us into the hands of the Amorites and to destroy us with God, we had been content to dwell on the other side of Jordan. O Lord, what shall I say when Israel turn their backs before their enemies? For the Canaanites and the inhabitants of the land shall hear of it and shall come past us and destroy our name out of the earth. And what wilt thou do unto thy mighty name? He blames God. Oh, if we had just been content to stay on the other side of Jordan. Think about that. They had just spent 40 years wandering in the desert. And he knew how seriously God takes his law and covenant. And instead of thinking someone has violated the command God has given us, he blames God. That's what we all do. But look at what God says. Get up. Get up. Why are you lying there upon your face? Get up. This happens because Israel has sinned. And you know what I love about this? God didn't say, why are you blaming me? God just tells him. This happened because Israel sinned. Because y'all did not follow what I commanded. Joshua blames God. Yet God tells him, I did this because you sinned. You sinned. 
You transgressed my commandment, and this is what happens. The sin of Achan affected the entire nation of Israel. And I want you to think about something. In this, because of Achan's transgression, Joshua was even a transgressor. Everyone was a transgressor. And that's what we see in God's words here in verse 11. He says, Israel hath sinned. He never said Achan sinned. He said, Israel sinned. You're all responsible for this because you all know my law and you're responsible for each other and what happened here. The sin of Achan affected the entire nation of Israel. And why was his sin so bad? Look at verse 15. He says Achan had taken something that was excommunicate or accursed. It was accursed. Then he accuses him of thievery. He says, it was stolen. What was the stolen part? The gold and the silver. Because that was to go to the temple or to the tabernacle. That was stolen. God said, he's taken something accursed, the Babylonian garment, and then he says, he has stolen from me. The gold and the silver. And then he's disassembled and he's put it even with his own stuff. He's hid it. And he says it's his. He's lying. He had transgressed God's covenant and he wrought folly in Israel. And what happens? Look at how bad Achan's sin was. Whenever they start casting lots, Achan could have come forward and said, yes, I'm to blame for this, but he tried to hide it. And then when it fell to him and he was found out, he admitted to what he had done. But then look at what it says. It says that they took the accursed things, Achan, his sons and his daughters, all of his livestock, his tent, everything he owned, everything he owned, and destroyed it. Completely wiping it out of Israel. Think about that. That's how bad that one sin was in the eyes of God. The entire family of Achan, his sons, his daughters, all of his livestock, his tent, his clothes, everything he owned 
was taken out, the people and the animals were stoned, and then everything was burned with fire, and then they buried it, completely wiping any trace out of Israel, which meant that Achan had no part in Israel anymore. His entire name was pretty much erased from Israel because of this. Achan's sin affected all of Israel and his entire family. His entire family was destroyed because of it. But why? Because there's no small sins. There's no small sins. There's no such thing as a small sin. There's no such thing as a large sin. It's sin. That's all it is. All sin, regardless of what it is, is destructive. Sin affects everything it touches. And it destroys everything it touches. It destroys families, it destroys friendships, it destroys churches, it destroys homes. Everything it touches, it destroys. And we see this with Achan. And why did God take this so seriously? Because it violated his Holiness, which is what sin does. It violated his commands. It violated his covenant. It violated his holiness. That's why he takes it seriously. And we also see how serious he takes it because look at what he did to save us from the penalty of sin. He sent his son. He sent his son to die in our place. So if you think that, oh, this little sin doesn't matter, look at what God did to save us from that sin. He killed his son. When we repent of sin, when we say that we have repented of sin and we have received Christ as our Lord and Savior, That means we have turned from the sin and turned to Jesus Christ. And we must mean what we say. We must flee sin, never to return to it. We must overcome temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit. We are to, as the scripture tells us, as God tells us, we are to be holy as he is holy. And that means that we are to stay away from sin and overcome temptation through the power of the Holy Spirit, the power that God gives us because all of sin, all sin is destructive. Let's stand for prayer. Our most gracious and loving Father, Lord, as we come before you, I just thank you, Lord, for your word. And I thank you, Lord, that we can just learn from it. Lord, I just pray that you would be with us. 
that you would just overshadow us with your love and watch Karen Ward during this time. If there's any that needs to make any decision, I pray that you would speak to their hearts. Just continue to be with us and overshadow us with your love and watch care. We just ask this in your son's precious and holy name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. If you would take the hymn and turn to page 2.